welcome to the first episode of San Pedro, the podcast. It's only appropriate that the music we're starting the show with comes from the unofficial musical mayor of San Pedro, Mike Watt. San Pedro, the podcast, will be a virtual snapshot of the news, culture, and politics of San Pedro, the segment of Los Angeles that sits between the Vincent Thomas Bridge and the breakwater to the Port of Los Angeles. We'll talk to the people that make up this community to try and get a better understanding of this unique corner of the larger city of Los Angeles. Like the rest of the world, San Pedro is locked down due to the coronavirus. So we're going virtual with two good friends who represent the very best of San Pedro. I'll let them introduce themselves. Age before beauty. <laughs> oh, thanks, John. Hey, I'm James Beza, and uh, I'm a resident here in South Shores of San Pedro. I'm involved with the LAPD. I serve on the uh, Community Police Advisory Board. I've been on neighborhood councils. And I just like to be active in my community. So here I am. And I'm John Bagakis, um, part owner of Big Nick's Pizza. I um, am the vice chair of the board for the San Pedro Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and I'm also currently serving as a harbor area planning commissioner. And to echo James, uh, obviously community is very important here and to all of us. We've got a lot of serious things to discuss today, so I, I want to start off on somewhat of a lighter note. This is our first San Pedro podcast, and so I want to find out, is it San Pedro or <laughs> San Pedro, and why? Oh, I'm going to let John take that one. <laughs> you know, when, when Wikipedia picks up on something like this, it actually, if you look at the San Pedro Wikipedia page, it actually has a little portion in there where it says you must pronounce it this way because the locals disagree if you don't pronounce it that way. So it is Pedro. Okay. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been smacked around for saying Cabrillo. <laughs> <laughs> Let me well, tell you, I actually, we got a hard time because on my restaurant answering machine, it's an Italian accent, you know, and an Italian accent, they would say San Pedro. I got ripped up to shreds about it and I had to change it to say San Pedro, even though it's the Italian accent because it's a mafia guy, I had to change it. <laughs> well, you know, if you look at the word, it's, it's natural that people would say San Pedro, right? Naturally. Yeah. But if you go with yes. You'd go with a yes. <laughs> the reason we're, uh, the sound isn't great on this first podcast is because we are doing this like everything else is being done right now, via Zoom or Skype or whatever. And uh, it does give us an opportunity to connect with a lot more people, but the sound quality is not, not all that great. But it's because of the, this virus. And uh, first of all, I want to get any personal stories you guys might have uh, in the community that's go in terms of how they're dealing with this particular event. You know, I just know that, that my friends and a lot of them are in the restaurant business and, uh, you know, they're, they're making it up as they go along. Um, 
and the community is really reaching out and, and helping out and asking for delivery, stopping by and picking things up. I've, I've been doing that. I know my friends have. Um, you know, we're just making it up as we go along right now. And, and John's more in touch with people than I am because I'm kind of hunkered down at home, you know? You know, this is uh, from the restaurant perspective, and I, I obviously from everyone's perspective, this is uncharted territory for everyone. Um, I walk through this restaurant every day and to get to my office, I have to walk through the dining room. And I walk back and forth to my office 30 times a day. And to see the chairs up every time and no one sitting down eating, it really just is mind-boggling. And it's such a downer. Um, it's so depressing to see TVs off, chairs lifted, and, and you know, tables and glasses and dishware collect dust because I can't put them to use. And in other restaurants where I've picked up during the week, it's the same feel. And these are, you know, bars like the San Pedro Brewing Company. You walk in there and you expect to see 10 people you know. And nobody's there. Hey, if yeah. I went to, to the brewing company, would, would James fill up my uh, growler with some uh, Mellowship IPA? He absolutely would. He I absolutely think I need to go do that. <laughs> let me know. I'll meet you there just so I can see if I'm Hey, I will let you know. I was thinking of doing it today. Just make sure you keep social distance, guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, the difficult thing is, and, and restaurants are not built for this. We have tight-knit front counter areas where you're not social distanced. So I actually had to open my dining room that's connected to the counter just to put the chairs down, just to let people know. And I put signs up, after you order while you're waiting, please take a seat. And mm -hmm. that way we can be as safe as possible here. Uh, and other restaurants are trying to do the same. It's been a tough thing to figure out for a lot of them because they have weird entryways and, you know, everyone has their own unique entry and, and waiting area. But they're all pretty tight-knit in San Pedro. You don't have a lot of room to work with here. So it's been a challenge. Yeah, but you you were a takeout business, delivery business before this. So you're able to adapt maybe a little better than some of the others, right? Yeah, as far as... Um, the day-to-day -day operations, I mean, and I told my partner this after the first couple days, I said, we're pretty blessed right now. We are a majority takeout and delivery business. Probably 75% of our business is takeout and delivery. And that last quarter is the dining room. So when you're known for that, it's kind of common knowledge to people at home, oh, let's call Big Nick's for delivery. Mm. You know, if I owned the San Pedro Brewing Company and I love James or the Omelette and Waffle Shop and James, we love Mona, they're struggling. Those are not the type of places you traditionally order to go. You go there to be seated there and enjoy the experience. You want that diner experience. Yeah. Right. So but it's, the food's good nonetheless. Right. It's been a challenge for them and I really – hold them in my heart. It, it's just so tough to walk in there and, and see one person behind their counter taking orders to go. I have two cashiers and, you know, two or three guys in the kitchen and three or four drivers. I, I don't run a shift less than six people ever. So it's, it's quite the difference. You know, the, I was thinking about this the other day and I might've seen it somewhere on social media is, is um, you know, when people are doing fundraisers and stuff and they need to raise money for this or that, I mean, they're always hitting up the local restaurants and the restaurants always respond, respond kindly and, and, and give them that gift certificate or whatever, you know? And, and, and I think now it's their turn to give back to the local restaurants. It, it just seems fair to me, you know? Yeah. 
I um, you know, the first week of this, I expected, and everyone was getting, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone was getting the uh, the love from the community, you know. And I said, okay, it was a good first week, but now <laughs> we're into week two, and I think people are starting to see how real this is. They're getting settled to the fact that they have to stay home, and they're going to be home for a while. And I kind of figure that this is going to slowly trickle down. And I think we're starting to see that in some restaurants this week. Trainees has now decided to close. Babouche has decided to close. And after this weekend, Serenos even said that they're looking out for the health and safety of their staff and their customers, and they're deciding to close after the weekend. So it's very tough. Let's talk a little bit about uh, staffing something like this. Uh, it's got to be tough, John, because you're, you're really pushing your employees a lot and uh, ex- probably expect a little bit more from them than they, you normally do. How do you keep the morale up there? It's very tough. You know, I have a staff of 48. Um, oh, I don't know that. That's amazing. Full-time, part-time, high school students, college students, you know, people who this is their only employment. Um, it's impossible to employ all 48 right now. And we pulled about 10 to 12 into a meeting last week and said, hey, these are your options. We, you know, we, and we told them, especially the dining staff and the bus boys, I have nothing for you guys to do. I really don't have anything for you guys to do. Um, so I suggested to them, you know, you guys all take the, the step and file for unemployment and just you know, get some income coming your way. Hmm. And when this is all over, you, of course, are the first people welcome back. But on the other side of that is the people that are working. And I had to have the conversation with them that says, hey, we are dealing with people every single day. People are walking in and out of our doors. We're taking money from people. We're handing food to people. So safety is an issue, not only that we have to be safer on what we're doing, wiping counters, washing our hands a little bit more, but we're taking money and interacting with people. So you're putting it, and I never thought I would say this or see this until someone wrote it the other day, but even in the restaurant business, we're, by coming to work, we're putting ourselves at risk a little bit every day yep. here. Oh, sure. Yeah. Never thought I would work in the restaurant business and say, I'm going to work every day, risking my life. My mother is not thrilled that I'm working every day. My grandmother hates it, but, and I can't go visit her because she's 89 years old. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm safe enough to visit her. So, you know, we've Skyped and talked online, but that's all we can do right now. It's got to be a challenge. And uh, you've got delivery people. Any, uh, any stories from the road from your delivery people? Yeah. Uh, well, one driver the other day asked if I had a problem with him wearing one of those face masks. And I said, hey, I have no problem with it. It is your, it's up to you 100% your decision. I will not deter you from wearing it if you choose. But we actually had a pretty heartwarming story last night. Um, A driver took a delivery, one of our longer distance customers, and he handed the driver $100 cash. And he said, give this to your manager to share with your staff. We appreciate you guys being open. Um, We know it's tough and we know you guys are, you know, kind of risking your lives to, to, to make sure we're fed. So what I did is I gave him, you know, 20, 30 bucks of it. And I took the rest and split it amongst the kitchen staff because these are the non-tipped employees who are really working their butts off right. and making sure that they're staying safe and the food's going out safe. So I felt that they were the ones rightfully to get all that. Now, this past week, the chamber held a virtual meeting that uh, talked about 
a little bit about, in fact, a lot about uh, dealing with your employees if you have a business in San Pedro. And I thought that was a, a great event. Uh, and, but beyond that, the idea that the chamber has now moved into a virtual world. And as a chamber board member, are you doing a lot of stuff online with the, the chamber? Um, we did have our last board meeting virtually. Um, you know, it's funny. We, we had events scheduled in, in March and, you know, up until a week before they were listed as a go. And then we had to cancel several events. Um, but we did have our board meeting virtually. Um, I'm also uh, on the board of Encore uh, Theater Group. We had our board meeting uh, virtually. Um, I thought the chamber's breakfast, you know, we do breakfast with the chamber every Friday at Pappy's. We get 60 people to these breakfasts to interact with each other, and people are doing business with each other. It's been a great event. Uh, an event that started, by the way, with six of us has grown to 60-plus every Friday or wow. every other Friday. But to do it virtually, and really the, the, the speaker yesterday, Melvin, who does this, HR and human resources about employment, was the perfect speaker right now. And there was so many people engaged in what she had to offer yesterday. So it was it – was, you know, two thumbs up to the chamber. And, and that's, that goes to Elise and the chamber staff in the office. They do a great job really taking in what does the community need right now. And you had about 20 or 30 people even virtually at the right. event. So I think it was a good success. And, and this was the first one I attended. And there was network, networking going on even then because I got a bunch of emails after the, uh, after the uh, meeting, uh, you know, touching base with me. So, yeah, I think it's a great thing for San Pedro to do this. Another big event that took place this past week is the arrival of the medical ship. Here's Gene Soroka, Executive Director of the Port of Los Angeles. was previously announced by Governor Newsom. The United States Naval Ship Mercy will come to the Port of Los Angeles. That 1,000-bed floating hospital will be used to take some pressure off our landside hospitals and treat non-COVID-19 patients. Again, our Chief Gazy will be working patrols 24-7 along with our allied agencies to make sure the safety and security of all involved is of top priority. And I can assure you, based on the briefings that I've been given, the cargo flow here at the nation's largest port will not be impeded we will be able to work very closely together to make sure that both missions are fully accomplished with strategic value that we've set out. People were, were saying like, oh, the ship was sitting out there for four or five days waiting for Governor Newsom and, and Garcetti to come down to make their speeches and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, what politician doesn't like to talk, right? But <laughs> what people don't understand is when you, when you move a huge asset like the Mercy into a port, you have to do security sweeps. You have to have your divers go in and, and check the pier where it's going to be docked. You have to check the tugboats. You have to check the entrance to the port. I mean, it's a big deal to bring in something that huge into the port of Los Angeles. So, yeah, it was sitting out there while these guys were doing their job to make sure it was safe. You know, you know what's funny is, uh, I, you know, you think of everything, and, and the Mercy is a, you know, a thousand bed. Yeah, ship. Garcetti claims it's the largest hospital in the city right now. It might be. And, you know, 800 employees. Well, I naturally think of the business side of it and think, these guys are going to need pizza eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I know they have this great kitchen on board, 
So I, I did. Hey, maybe we can get Mona a catering job and she can right, uh, right. throw some. Really help the local businesses. So I, <laughs> I actually, I texted uh, Jonathan Williams, the CEO of the Iowa, because we do a lot of business with the Iowa. And I said, hey, if you talk to anyone over there, make sure you throw my phone number at him. And he said, you won't believe this. They won't let anyone on or off this ship. Yeah. Uh, it is so, you know, they're, they're being as cautious as they can. They don't want anyone coming on that shouldn't be on. They're really monitoring. I, I, I read about it this morning that, that they want it to remain a COVID-free environment as much as possible, as long as possible, because that's where everybody's going that's not covid yeah. Right. And that's a challenge in itself, really. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah. yeah. We touched on this a little bit uh, earlier when we we're talking about your business, John, but uh, how, how are the other businesses, and we talked about restaurants, but how are the other businesses in town uh, dealing with this and being affected by this? Some of them are just plain closed, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I look around my neighborhood here and you know there's a barber shop across the street they're closed and and you go down 6th street and there's clothing shops that are shut down and it, it's it's really sad i mean it it feels like ghost it's a straight it looks abandoned downtown san pedro right now the warner grand's shut down uh i mean just normally a lively area of of people walking the streets people going in and out of shops all of our gyms are closed. You know, I'm a 5 a.m. gym guy. Sometimes mm. Mr. Bezos' wife is in there at 5 a.m. and we kickbox together and we can't even go into the gym. It's shut down, pitch black, and it's just depressing to drive downtown and see every single business with their doors closed. Yeah, my son is doing his Taekwondo uh, through Zoom right now. They have yeah, a virtual. daily lesson. And, and it's working out okay. They're trying their hardest, you know. I'm a little sore from having to do it with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll do you good james yeah probably so <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about the port operation uh gene Soroka at, at the port has announced that uh, the port is at 80 percent we're running at about 80 percent of normal cargo volume for this time of year but these are extraordinary circumstances china's manufacturing community is operating at about 50 percent of capacity and we have cross-referenced this information with energy usage, traffic patterns, and even smog to make sure that our data is accurate. We want to make sure that not only are we moving the essential goods and medical supplies, but other commodities don't clog up the system. And that is why, through the emergency orders of California's Governor Gavin Newsom, the Los Angeles County Supervisors, and Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, all designated the port as essential business as well as our supply chain partners throughout. Railroads, truckers, terminal operators, shipping lines, warehouse operators as well. The supply chain needs to remain fluid so those critical goods and other products can continue to get to consumers and those who need. You guys have any more insight on that? Well, it's my understanding that exports from China um, to our port are down because of their issues right. with the coronavirus. But now that they're curve is tapered off and they're getting back to business. I, I, I'm expecting that those imports will increase again. But this, the flip side of that is that we have a long, long shoreman out there working together and they're going to run into the same problems as everybody else, exposing each other, social distancing, all that. Yeah. And, you know, again, how it comes full circle is 
that's our big customer base, especially in lunchtime is longshore workers. Um, and I have drivers delivering down there to the docks. They're coming in to pick up lunch. So, it, you know, it's a little scary. Um, it's good to see them working because it's good for our local economy, especially the restaurants. Um, but, you know, it's, it's scary to know that that's going on. And the refinery is the same thing. And I had heard earlier this week or last week, someone in one of the refineries did test positive. And, you know, I send drivers out to these refineries every day. I mean, so I'm sure they've cut crews or quarantined crews of, of workers, but uh, it's good that we, we're getting, because we have to have people working. I mean, the Longshore is so big to the local community that, I mean, you can't walk half a block without passing a Longshoreman's house. I mean, these people are here everywhere, and we need them to work and, and put money back into the community. You know, you're, you're making me wonder about something is, is will the longshoring slow down now because of a glut of inventory in our retail stores because nobody's going out shopping? So is that going to have containers piling up on the docks and, and, and just kind of like the re- reverse thing that happened? One of the things I heard was, um, you know, the problem out last week or a week before was we weren't getting the ships in. And someone said that they thought the next problem would be we'd get too many ships in and they'd start to pile up and they may go to other ports. So we would actually lose to other ports because they're piled up back there. I don't know if that's the way it works, but there's a certain amount of, you know, docks to unload these containers. And if you fill them all, what do the next ships do? Do they just wait out there? Do they go up to Oakland? Do they go up to Seattle? I I don't know the answer to that question. I remember during the last strike, they had the ships all parked out on the, outside the breakwater, there was like 23 of them at a time out there. Right. You know, I don't believe that's an issue at this point because as uh, Gene said, the, uh, the uh, port is at 80%. So there's 20% to, 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 to build up to before we start having them line up out there, I, I think. I don't know if you guys can even address this because of the social distancing issue, but uh, I'm sure you talk to people either – virtually or on the phone or whatever. How are the citizens of uh, San Pedro uh, dealing with all this? I would say it's uh, a little bit of uh, both sides of the table here. Some are taking it very seriously. Um, They're dealing with it okay. Uh, Others are very, very particular. Uh, I've seen Facebook posts complaining about kids in the park just in big groups of 10 or 15 or 20. I saw a post yesterday about, and I I mentioned this before, a restaurant with a narrow entryway and people kind of piled up waiting for their pickup orders. You know, what can we do to stretch stretch them out and spread them out a little bit? And then the supermarket thing, you know, um, I I won't go to the supermarket. I just, (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I'm a bachelor. I don't shop. I just don't. I'll go to the liquor store and get the essentials I need. But (laughs) the essentials. yeah, the essentials to see <laughs> to see the pictures of people just piled up, not even in the store, but to get into the store. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, uneasy, you know. And, and you have to to look at the time frame of that, John, because we're now probably just close to two weeks out from the panic buying that took place, and. Are we going to see, I know the testing is increasing, the increased testing is showing a rise in cases, but also that incubation period from people panic shopping and being so clustered in one place, but we see a rise in cases from that activity as well. 
Right. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, taking this time to do this and this being the very first San Pedro, the podcast. And hopefully the next time we'll be in a studio and be able to do this properly. But I think under the circumstances, this worked out pretty well. Uh, Finally, I want to talk to you guys again, lighten it up a little bit. When the city is in full operation and uh, you guys are out there on the streets each of you give me a couple of places that you like to hang out the most in San Pedro. Oh, Lord, I'm going to the omelet and waffle shop for breakfast, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll be the it's first stop there. for breakfast. You start your day at the omelet and waffle shop. And then, you know, maybe uh, uh, the green onion for lunch uh, and uh, the San Pedro Brewing Company for dinner. I mean, <laughs> my partner and I can get back on patrol because we always stop by Sirens for a coffee when we're doing our foot beat, you know? Right. It's always fun. Talk to Yolanda over there. Yeah. It, it, and you see, just a little place like that, a coffee shop, to not have it right now, is, is, it's, it's, it's a shame. Uh, really miss Sirens. It's a great place. It's a great place to run into people. Exactly. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, patrol, James. What is the safety aspect from the Harbor Division on all this? I know you guys, you had mentioned in yesterday's meeting that um, you guys are not doing the volunteer patrol right now. I actually touched base um, with the department after that, and and there was a department-wide mandate not to have volunteers in any capacity in the LAPD. But my argument was that we're not in a building, we're two people in a car, and this is exactly what the patrol is suited for, to, to kind of keep an eye on things and to inform people and get information out. Um, it seems kind of counterintuitive to lock it up so they're looking at it right now and, and we might we might get a couple of patrols out here in the harbor um soon well I, again i want to close this out and i want to go back to what you said about uh your hangouts john uh well looking at your facebook page you're going to those places now it looks like and and doing takeout at most of those places anyway right yeah i mean i uh i can't eat pizza every day uh, <laughs> really? What's wrong I mean, with I, you? I could, but my trainer won't like the way I look when we get back in the gym. Um, but I mean, I just, again, I feel for my brothers and sisters in the restaurant business. And again, I don't really cook at home. I'm not, I, I would go eat at my mom's a few days a week and I can, I'm not doing that now. So I take my lunch break here and I say, where have I not eaten or who can I go support? and go grab lunch. And then the same thing at dinner. Who can I go grab a meal from? And um, everyone's, you know, so excited to see each other, even though we can't hug or handshake, we're doing the elbow bump and, <laughs> and, and just chit chatting about our businesses and about, you know, what's going on and how we're surviving. You know, John, that the whole pizza thing every day, uh, side story here is I, in high school, I had a friend who he loved donuts, right? And uh, he got a job in a donut shop. And after about a month or two, nah, he doesn't need donuts anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think on that note, we'll, uh, we'll uh, at least on a happier note, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll close things out. And uh, I want to thank you guys for doing this. And, and hopefully we'll do this again very, very soon. Sounds like a plan. And because uh, you guys are, you guys are a great heartbeat on what's going on in San Pedro. And I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for setting this up, Mike. Yep. It was fun. Appreciate it. It was good. Thanks, guys. Now we're going to close out episode one with some of the folks 
that participated in last week's San Pedro Chamber of Commerce virtual breakfast. Please like our Facebook page, share, and subscribe to the podcast at facebook.com, San Pedro Podcast, all one word. See you next time. Um, I'm Shauna Jacari. I work for San Pedro Today. It came out yesterday. If you haven't seen it, it's all about the coronavirus. Um, we're struggling like everyone else. We really want to support all the businesses in town. We're doing the best we can. If you want help on social media, um, just tag us at San Pedro Today, for, and then we'll share your posts. We're doing that on Instagram and Facebook. So we're trying to do our part with that. Um, I also work for Walkthrough Productions, and we are still out doing a lot of work, actually filming houses. Um, all open houses are canceled for realtors. So we're getting out there and we're going into homes, safely filming them, doing 3D walkthrough tours, and then people can view the houses online still. So if you know any realtors who need help with that, um, we're here. Liz Schindler-Johnson, Grand Vision Foundation. With Grand Vision, um, we closed. We canceled all our March and April concerts and I'm sure we're going to cancel our May, June as well, but we haven't yet. Arts organizations are really struggling, and even um, more serious is the plight of uh, performing artists and um, who have nowhere to perform. And so, if you have any favorite artists, uh, uh, even like maybe local artists or uh, you know, regional that that do concerts that you really like, go on their Facebook or uh, Instagram, find out if they're doing a live streaming concert. Some people are doing them on platforms where you can give them a tip or put them on Venmo. Um, or PayPal. So I'd say just support your local art, you know, your artists or the ones you like so that they can continue to survive. I am uh, open for business, your local GUI attorney, criminal defense hero. Um, and whatever lands your referrals in these bad boys, I'm here to help. I've been in court, in court on two cases this week. I've called in on four others to reschedule things. Uh, most misdemeanor hearings are getting kicked out to June or July. Felonies were going in. Um, DUI arrests are down right now. Domestic violence arrests, however, are up as people are stuck at home with their loved ones who uh, maybe they, they're figuring out that they can't get along with as well as they thought. Um, ready to help, have a good, good track record of getting good, uh, good resolutions in those cases as well. A lot of dismissals, a lot of reductions. We're here to help. Uh, your arrest, your hero, triple eight DUI hero. This is Bruce Heyman, uh, Los Angeles Maritime Institute. We're pretty much shut down, uh, but we are still trying to continue on with experiential education. So if you go to our website, our crew are producing educational STEM-based and next generation science standard videos to help teachers and uh, parents that are at home trying to figure out what to do with their kids. Um, and this got pushed out last week and, uh, and is available so we can continue educating our, our kids, even though we can't get them on the boat. John Paulson uh, from John Eric Paulson Marketing and Creative Services. Um, I'm here representing South Bay Latit, which is a business networking referral group. Um, just want to let you know that on both counts, we're open for business. I'm open for business for helping um, companies communicate to their members and communication to their members and client base right now is the number one priority to put them at ease. Um, South Bay Tip is still up and running. We're having our first Zoom meeting next Tuesday. Um, so if you're looking to continue to network, we're there for you. 
Since 2002, Big Nick's Pizza has proudly served San Pedro, the Port of L.A., and surrounding areas the best pizza for dine-in, takeout, and delivery. Our pizza, salads, subs, and more are all made to order. We use the freshest ingredients and take pride in every order we prepare. We offer affordable catering and can help you meet your budget for any party or event. Call us for fast delivery or visit the restaurant on the corner of Channel and Gaffey Streets in San Pedro. Don't forget to check out Big Nick's Pizza on Facebook for all our latest updates, specials, and events. Forget about it.